1: Hey everyone, welcome to Roundball Stew. I am Matt Straup. It is Friday, October 22nd, and this is your serviceable and intriguing waiver wire pickups podcast. The first such episode of the season. A couple of exciting new twists. I'll say off the top of these waiver wire episodes: for one, they are being moved to Fridays, which will hopefully allow all of you to get a jump on your pickups for the weekend and for next week. And two, we are being joined by the man who. Actually writes the waiver wire column. What a novel idea on NBC Sports <laughs> Edge, yeah. Jonas Nader. Jonas, excited to have you here, man.
2: Yeah, last season I worked a lot of mornings, so I was never able to come on the pod. But that's changing this year, so I'm just really excited to be here with you guys.
1: Great. I mean, it's excellent that we'll have some real information on these waiver wire podcasts, Steve, as opposed to you and I just droning on, making things up.
3: Well, yeah, that is if we if we start in time because. Kev M. put a note on, on the comments that uh, by the time the show starts, all these guys are going to be picked up already, wow. which I think is pretty hilarious. Well
1: put. Pretty a funny. rare late start. A rare late start for those watching live. It is a rare late start. Thank you for your patience. We appreciate it. And if you're listening on the podcast, it, it's whenever you click to play, so it's always on time. <laughs> uh, Steve, before we get into the waiver wire pickups and before they all fly off the waiver wire, you had quite a uh, quite a basketball adventure last night, if I understand correctly.
3: Yeah, I took my kid down to uh, see the Hawks game. Really, I mean, we were we were there to see the you know Trey Luca matchup, and it really hmm. didn't live up to the hype. The game was a blowout. Luca got shut down by DeAndre Hunter. Plus, yeah. I mean, I don't know—is he a little, maybe a little heavy? I, I
1: don't know. Um, <laughs> it's not for me to say. <laughs>
3: a, a little slower than he will be. Then he will be in a month. I'm not really sure, but yeah. uh, the highlight of the evening was uh, a gentleman was seated a, a couple seats down from us. And my son and I were both like, who is that? I know who that is. Come on, pull it. And both both of us were so close, but I ended up taking a picture, a horrible picture of basically his neck and chin and <laughs> sent it to Matt Straub. And he was able to pull Boris D out of, out of his hat so my son went down there and he's like he, my son was like i love boris diao that's who it is and uh, i'm like how do you even know who boris diao is he's like i use him in 2k man he's awesome so i'm like go talk to him so he went down there he's like are you boris diao he's like yeah and he's like i've played with you in 2k and i just think you're awesome man you're really good he's like well thank you and i went down there there i was like man can you believe that kid like knows you from 2k he's like it's crazy he's like i knew he wasn't old enough to have watch me played so it's pretty wild so that that was kind of a fun interaction but the game itself was a little lackluster huge win for the hawks though they, they look good
1: the hawks looked incredible uh, i can't believe i was able to identify boris diao from as you said basically a photo of his chin and ear i mean you couldn't have taken that <laughs> photo from any lower steve if you had drilled a hole in the floor and like buried your phone, you might have been able to get a slightly lower angle of Boris Diaw. But luckily, he was just recognizable. I mean, and I think that proves that I'm a real Hawks fan that I was able to recognize Boris Diaw from that photo. If there's ever any doubt, Jonas, I think that we can finally put it to rest. Absolutely. Okay.
2: By the way, while we're on topic of Luka, is he going to be that
1: that same player that like Jokic was, where it takes him like two
2: months to like lose the off season weight, oh. and then all of a sudden he's firing on all cylinders? I think that might be the
1: case. He had a Jokic off season. Wow. That's a great no. call. I no, think it's fine yeah.
2: to though, right? They want him taking it easy in the off season just to be fresh.
1: He put out only
2: mile since they're like put <laughs> in Europe. I mean, he's gonna be a he's gonna be a beast. I guess like it might take a
3: month before he's firing on all cylinders.
1: Yeah, mm.
2: Doc's not gonna accept it.
3: <laughs> Doc is not hearing any of that. Luke yeah. is going to dominate <laughs> tomorrow against. Where are they at Toronto? Is that right? I'm
2: not sure. He's not going to be playing DeAndre Hunter every night.
3: Exactly. Yeah. Yeah, he's going to look just fine. I'm not worried in the least.
1: All right, let's get into these waiver wire pickups. Jonas, one of the guys on your list, and by the way, I recommend everyone check out the full column at NBC Sports Edge. That was posted on Friday, so do that if you haven't right after this podcast. But one of the guys on your list is Desmond Bain. As of this podcast, 29% rostered, had a very strong season opener That's in Yahoo Leagues, by the way, with 22 points, three rebounds, three dimes, two steals, two threes in 30 minutes. Jonas, how do you like his outlook after Dylan Brooks is back? Or are we just going to sort that out when it happens since Brooks is two to three weeks away from being reevaluated?
2: Yeah, we'll cross that bridge when it gets here. But I think Bain is going to be the starter no matter what. I actually have Melton as a sixth man this year once Dylan Brooks gets back. Uh, The reason I have Bain starting next to Ja all season is he's a 43% career shooter from three. That's insane. Great defender. You need a defender next to jaw. Um, Just love his outlook. I thought I was going to be the high man on uh, Bain, but when I looked at the draft guy, there's actually two or three of my colleagues that were actually higher on him too. So he's definitely an edge guy this year. Uh, Last year when he played 30 minutes, he was at 14 points, five rebounds, two assists, a steal, and 2.6 triples too. So a lot of upside here. I think his floor is top 100, and I think there's an outside chance he's top 75 this year. He has the stats set for it.
3: Yeah. I'm not so sure that Dylan Brooks is going to start when he comes back. I think they could leave Melton and Bain out there together, which I think would be fun yeah. uh, for fantasy. I it, it could go either way, but I I would not be shocked if if Dylan Brooks came off the bench, but you know, I, I was not the biggest Bain guy coming in, but he, the numbers don't lie and the minutes are there. Like you said, he plays defense. He's, he's going to be a favorite of, of the coaching staff. I, I think he's, Prime for a big, uh, big run here.
1: Yeah, and and uh, the assists. I mean, it's not a huge assist number three in the opener. And as you mentioned, Jonas, he might have been. You said two something, but I think it might have been close to three per thirty six minutes, like two point eight, maybe. I mean, right. That adds up over time. Like a, it's it's more than just a points and threes guy. If he's getting you three times a game, you know, it's and maybe maybe he has upside for more than a steal a game. So uh, yeah. I like him a lot as well. Absolutely. I am also excited to talk about the next guy, Chris Duarte, who I drafted in a bunch of leagues. And since he, I believe, was ranked, pre ranked by Yahoo, something like 609th, every time, 609th, I said, every time I took him at the end of my drafts, it absolutely obliterated my projections. You know, the live projections within the draft. I don't know if you guys click on those, yeah. but I do obsessively, like every time I make a pick, I'm like, yes. Yahoo loved that one. But then when I would take Duarte, I would just plummet. I would drop like 10 spots because 609 carries a lot of weight. Anyhow, Duarte exploded in the opener, 27 points, six three pointers. He's now over that 50% threshold in Yahoo Leagues Jones, 53%. I mean, maybe playing time becomes a question at some point when they're healthy, but man, he looks legit. Yeah, he absolutely does. Like
2: LeBert's at least three games away. It sounds like it might be closer to 10 because that's when he's getting reevaluated. Warren, who knows when he's coming back. Uh, Duarte he's older than Doc like he's like 75 years <laughs> old already he's NBA ready you don't have to worry about the learning curve for rookies with him because right. obviously he's metal. but yeah there's a huge window for success here Jeremy Lamb is kind of cooked like he hasn't been the same since that knee injury and who can blame him his knee was completely obliterated like a year ago so Chris Duarte is a huge window for value here probably at least three weeks so let's hold him and then when, when Levert, Levert, Levert gets back we'll cross that bridge when he gets here
3: well indy plays four times this week so that's big if you don't have duarte on your roster already you should probably think about it just because of the games factor like Jonas said he's one of the most nba uh, ready rookies there is because he's older than i am i wonder how old chris chris duarte actually is that would be a yeah 24 that's what i was gonna guess i was actually (laughs) dialed into that one uh but yeah, that opening night performance was awesome. There were a lot of people that were talking about him. I, I put the question out on Twitter. I think you did too, Jim. So I think mine was, who, who's the sleeper of the of the night tonight? And a couple of guys said Chris Duarte, and uh, they kind of nailed it.
1: I actually think, even when Levert's back, I have a sneaking suspicion that Duarte's going to have a role in that rotation all year. I just think he's that ready-made of a player, and I think they're going to have a hard time keeping him off the floor. That's been my suspicion all year. Now, not to say... He's going to get thirty plus minutes when Lavert's back. That might be tricky, but I don't. I don't think that he's necessarily just going to disappear from that rotation, even when Lavert's back. I mean, he can play multiple positions. He can guard. He can shoot. Like, I mean, I. I, I think Rick Carlisle it clearly likes that kid already. That yeah. man, and is going to keep him on the floor. <laughs> yeah. So I'm pumped about Duarte. Well, and how long is Malcolm Brogdon going
3: to stay, stay healthy? healthy? You know, he's yes. already
1: dealing with something, right?
3: Yeah, yeah, shoulder. Yeah. I think,
1: yeah. So the other day on our Wednesday 4x5 podcast where we have four writers for five minutes each, Steve, you messaged me after the fact saying, your great regret is that you forgot to bring up Nemanja Bjelica. Well, we're now going to get that chance, Steve. Uh, it's been two games for Bjelica with the Warriors, two pretty different results, 15 points, 11 boards in his debut in 26 minutes, then 6.6 boards in 16 minutes on Thursday night, Jonas. Which do you think will be the reality more often than not for Bjelica, who's now up to 43% rostered? I think
2: somewhere in the middle, like last night, it's kind of an anomaly because Curry had every single point for the Warriors. It seems <laughs> yeah. so I'm not, I'm going to throw that out the window. It's just interesting though, because kind of like the, the preseason sleeper for the Warriors was Otto Porter. He was probably the third best player in the preseason and all of a sudden he's just vanished. Right. And it's believed getting all the minutes. So Curry definitely hid that from us. So he's completely off the radar, but he's been scooped up. I think he was like 11% before the explosion and now he's at 40%. So if you're in a shadow league, he might still be there. I think it would be a borderline top one hundred guy until James Wiseman gets back, and who knows when that would be. There's been rumors that Wiseman will go to the G League for a couple of weeks to, to ramp up, too. So, still a big window here for Belita. Good stats there as well.
3: Yeah, I have not gone out and grabbed him yet. I just like to watch him from afar. He's my guy, but uh, you guys know that I, I like big men that can shoot threes and block shots, and that's that's what he can do. Although it's not really blocking shots right now, but. Like the, the column says, as long as James Wiseman's out, I think there's a role for B-Elites on that team.
1: And you should go out and grab him. I like him. Kim Reddish carried over his strong play from last year's playoffs. If anyone remembers, he made a late cameo uh, in the playoffs and looked great. And he yep. looked the same in the Hawks opener. 20 points in 21 minutes off the Hawks bench. 7 of 15 shooting. Jonas, at this point, I think, certainly for me, Reddish looks healthy and dialed in, and those are two big things for him. The only question I have is his minutes in this deep Hawks rotation. He's 18% rostered, so what are your thoughts on all that?
2: Yeah, he was at 21 minutes last night, I believe. I think it gets closer to 25, 26. I mean, that game got out of hand late, so I don't think he played much. But actually, a fun fact here, he had the second highest usage in the NBA right now at 39%. Like, Obviously, that's not going to hold. Love it. That's nothing to ignore either, like... His usage is going to be insane with the second unit because it's going to run through him. So um, it's all about the shooting with Cam Reddish. If he can stay above that 42 43%, he's going to be pure gold. Um, we heard Nate McMillan compare him to a young Paul George. Like, you don't say that lightly. So uh, Cam Reddish, very, very intriguing player. I remember three years ago before I the league, they were asking all these guys like uh, Anthony Edwards, like, who's the best player you played against growing up? And they all said Cam Reddish, without a doubt. So this kid is talented. Uh, just a pure upside pick here. And he's still available in a ton of leagues too. So huge yeah. opportunity here. I have him
3: number two right now as the top pickup this week. Yeah. I mean, coming out of Duke, he was, he was a potential, you know, number one overall pick until things didn't go the way they're supposed to go during his time at Duke. But, you know, we watched him last night and my son was like, I love Cam Reddish so much. That was something Matt and I were texting about during the game. I'm like, little known fact, you both love Cam Reddish equally. And Soren, my kid, is like, yeah, he's number 22. You know, that's my number. And uh, we were looking at jerseys. I, in fact, if I win any jerseys this season, I'm going to go ahead and say that we're probably going to go with a youth large Cam Reddish.
1: Wow. You're going to transfer over your victory to your son. Yeah, we're going to gift it. What a dad. What a dad. Yeah. And <laughs> the last thing I'll say about Reddish is I do think his jump shot does look a little bit remade. And it did in last year's playoffs. Yeah. and. So I think that that's an encouraging thing too. That you know, it's like, oh, Cam, Cam Reddish's field goal percentage is going to be horrendous. I don't know that it is, Jonas. You mentioned that 43 percent. I I think forty two percent is is attainable. So yeah. I drafted Camradish everywhere in all my fantasy leagues last year. It didn't work out. I didn't draft him anywhere this year, and I am a little terrified that it is going to come back to haunt me because one of my favorite players.
3: The only thing, and you guys touched on it, is the the depth of the Hawks. I think there is going to be inconsistency yes. with really everybody on that team except for trey and, and capella like if, it, if somebody gets hot then somebody else is going to take a hit but it's like that on a lot of teams so it's it's not something i'm overly concerned about but it's a little worrisome
1: and also i mean they won't be playing a subpar team like the mavs every night steve so <laughs> we won't be seeing these blowout wins all the time for the hawks i mean you kind of chop
2: it wow. you get duck dirty there <laughs>
1: My bad, Steve. I think that just a <laughs> rusty, okay. just an off night for the Mavs, Steve. They'll be all right. I live in Atlanta. I'm a, I am should be a Hawks guy. I get it. <laughs> I should be a Hawks guy, but I was screaming wildly for Luca in the stands last night is probably what you're thinking. I was not screaming at all. I was just sitting right. there being being good. All right. Well.
3: Uh, however, the dad the dad next to me got liquored up and was telling his son play by play by play and just... Being so loud and he was getting so mad at the Mavericks and Luca hit a three and like pointed at the guy that threw it at him. He's like, Why are you pointing? You're down 25. Why are you? I'm like, dude, he was pointing at the guy who threw it to him. He's not like pointing at his defender. Cal- calm down, sir.
1: Nice pass to his teammate, basically. Yeah, it was uh
3: this guy was driving me nuts. He actually forced me to vacate five minutes early.
1: Oh, sounds fun. Couldn't take it. Let's continue to the next name which is nick claxton he had 12.7 rebounds in the nets opener 28 percent rostered as of now we talked a little bit about him on wednesday jonas how encouraged were you by that game that opener from claxton considering i think he got 24 minutes he started but didn't have defensive stats
2: yeah, he had like, let's say every four possessions, he had one where he kind of contained Giannis, and the other three he got absolutely burned. But to be fair to Claxton, no one has been able to stop Giannis in years, right? He's just an impossible matchup. We saw what he did to Aiton in the finals. So um, I'm still high on Claxton. When he's on the floor, last year his defensive rating was through the roof, so not worried about him as a defender. What I am worried about is his free throw And She's like close to fifty percent for his career, so let's keep him away from the line as much <laughs> as possible. But. Picking up Claxton is kind of a bet against Aldridge, Millsap, and Blake Griffin, who all looked absolutely washed in that opener. I mean, Aldridge especially, he looked like a fossil. That was just embarrassing to watch, honestly. He's done. Uh, I think Claxton could potentially start the rest of the way. They could have been matchup dependent. We don't know for sure yet. But Claxton's going to have a role in this team. Him and Harden in the pick and roll was really fun to watch. They, had, I think they did that three times with success, too. So really excited about him. Some really good permanent numbers. He's just got to stay above 25 minutes, and we're in the money.
3: Yeah, I I watched a lot of that game. I don't know why you guys know I, I'm not a big Brooklyn watcher, but I watched a lot of that game. And Claxton was it seemed to me like he was just sort of running around out there and kicking the ball out of bounds. And he, he was struggling a little bit, but the minutes and the talent that he has uh, and the role that they're giving him, like it's almost gonna be impossible for him not to succeed. And like, like you said, he was playing against Giannis, which is not easy for anyone. And he, he's also going to learn his spot, you know, where he's supposed to be on the floor as the season goes on. So I'm not really too worried about him and he's nothing but upside. I mean, he's a great guy to have on your roster, even if you don't start him every week. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Life is a highway, and on it there will be many chicken sandwiches. But there's only one Met Crispy. So go ahead and hit the turn signal if you know about this juicy gem
1: of a detour. Alright, more names from Jonas's column. Let's do two a two for one here, a Clipper's two for one. Eric Bledsoe. I think 22 points in the opener. Speaking of, you were talking about LaMarcus Aldridge being done. I, In my mind, Eric Bledsoe is done, Jonas, but apparently that may not be the case. He had a really good opener. And Terrence Mann quietly did some Terrence Mann things with, I think, 11 points, seven boards, and three dimes, if I'm remembering those numbers correctly. So tell us your thoughts on both of those guys.
2: Yeah, absolutely. I mean, Bledsoe going back to the Clippers where he had the most success before was huge for him because he didn't want to be in New Orleans. I'm surprised he didn't tweet that like he did in Phoenix. But um, I think Bledsoe could potentially be better than Reggie Jackson. He has a better fantasy resume over the last decade. Like Bledsoe's been a good player. Yeah. Say what you want about him in the postseason when he disappears. But in the regular season, Bledsoe's been a fine player. He's been an all defensive player before. Like there's still some upside here. and He's not that old. I think he's like 31, 32. And the, the thing is, too, their coach wants one of Bledsoe and Reddy Jackson on the floor at all times. That means we can expect at least 28 minutes for both all season, too. So there's no Kawhi this year. Uh, there's no one to threaten his minutes. I think Bledsoe's locked in. I think at his ADP especially, he was he was going in the last round in a lot of drafts.
3: Like There's just nothing but upside here. Yeah, I took him in the last round in several drafts, and I think you did, too, Jonas. Mm-hmm. Um, unlike Stroud, we had not written him off. We thought maybe... Being back in LA would would be good for him, and it looks like it's going to be. I think he's going to get a lot of minutes, like you said. Uh, I was really encouraged by that first stat line, the steals, and, and uh, you know he had a good line. And as long as the minutes are there and his head's in the right place, I think Bledsoe's uh, prime for a bounce back.
1: Steve, how can I take Bledsoe in the last round when I'm taking Chris Duarte and annihilating <laughs> my projections in the draft room? I, I, I had an agenda. Yeah, it's tough. We had a Ricky Rubio sighting in the opener for Cleveland, and we had there were reports leading up to the season that Rubio, I believe it said, was going to play a ton. It was easy to be skeptical about that, given the presence of Collins, Sexton, and Darius Garland, but Rubio's minutes were in the mid-20s, I think. He had 12 points, 10 dimes. Jonas, is, this a, uh, is there a real path to Rubio uh, value here?
2: I think so, because even in his current situation, we're looking at 25 minutes because they've said they want him on the floor with Mobley as much as possible. Um, and here we go. Like Colin Sexton has been in the trade block for the last two years. We've been hearing that Cleveland just won't commit to him. Right. Mm-hmm. They want Garland as their guy. They want Rubio as his mentor. So if they move Sexton down the road. We're looking at Rubio maybe entering the top 50 discussion. But right now, like we're talking about borderline top 100 just because of his assists, which is the most scarce category in fantasy this year. Uh, and then steals like Rubio has a proven track record record of assist and steals. Look at what TJ McConnell did last year with those two right. categories, pop them up to the top seventy. Like Rubio can absolutely do that.
3: Yeah. I mentioned Rubio as a potential sleeper this season on a couple, couple podcasts ago. And I think it was the Friday one with, with Roth's uh, lawn mowing team. <laughs> and I mentioned Rubio and everybody was like no you're crazy they're, he's not going to they're not going to play him very much but I didn't say that but maybe others did. He on. was off, he's off to a good start and what I like most about uh the hot start for Rubio is I I it seems like I write and say every year you know Rubio doesn't really start playing until after the All-Star break so the fact that he already looks decent I think that bodes well for his his value going forward.
1: Jonas you had Franz Wagner on your watch list the magic rookie the lottery pick 12 points I think a steal and two blocks for him in 32 minutes if I'm remembering I'm I'm basically just remembering these stat lines off the top of my head so if I have anything glaringly wrong tell me so I wanted to ask you about him and uh you didn't have RJ Hampton in there but I noticed his minutes too I think were in the 26 range he didn't produce big numbers but he's another guy I'm watching so thoughts on Wagner and Hampton if you want to include him too
2: Yeah, I actually wrote about Hampton and Terrence Ross's blur because I said Terrence Ross, while he's a streamer, yes, he's on a timer because they're going to play RJ Hampton eventually. He's too good not to. He's young. He's got upside. So the Magic are showcasing Ross for trade down the line. We know that. Uh, And Franz Wagner, he's playing because they have no one else right now. Like Chimo, he's hurt. Jonathan Isaac's still a ways away. So Wagner could be playing 34, 35 minutes. We don't really know the stat set just yet. We've only seen one game, but... Minutes will be there. He's definitely on my watch list. One more good game, and he's a, he's a pickup for me.
3: What about you, Steve? Yeah. Was it Gary Harris was the late yeah. scratch that forced Wagner into the starting lineup? I think
2: No, he, he was starting before that. They, they moved,
3: uh, they did a double point guard lineup with, with Suggs and Cole Anthony after that. Oh, it was Suggs. Suggs, yeah. Suggs wasn't starting. He got moved in. No. Wagner was already in there. So, I mean, this Orlando team is going to be pretty, pretty bad. Mo was super fun to watch. Yeah. Suggs is going to be fun. They're like they're going to be fun, but they're going to be bad. And you know they might as well let Wagner play and learn how to play NBA basketball. So I haven't grabbed him anywhere. He's I haven't actually put him on any watch list yet. But after reading Jonas's waiver wired column. I may do just that.
1: Yeah, I had made the move already in a couple of weeks, so I I like it. He was a guy who did show the ability to get three steals and blocks at Michigan. It's not like we're talking about, you know, the number 40 overall pick or something. This guy was a lottery pick, so they obviously think highly of him. He's going to be a priority. And, uh, yeah, I'm into it. And Hampton, too. I really like Hampton, too. Yes, and
3: would you say Wagner is the least famous of the lottery picks this year? Like, his. I, I just feel like he's sort of a forgotten man. Like, oh, they took Franz Wagner. Let's move on to the next pick. And I you just don't. He's not at the top of my. Yeah. Whatever. Whatever that is.
1: So, Jonas, I had one other name that I wanted to ask about that was not in your column. Do you have any names that we have not talked about that you would be upset in the vein of Nemanja Bielitsa if we didn't discuss today? Like, who's another name or two that you feel like we got to mention here?
2: We, we casually threw out Terrence Manson's name, but I think we got to touch on him just one more time with Bledsoe because he played 39 minutes off the bench. That's absolutely huge. I don't wow. care if he's not starting. They're going to play him a ton. Uh, I got a fun little stat for him. Last year when there was no Kawhi, Mann had a per 36 of 14 points, 7 rebounds, 2.7 assists, uh, 1 steals and .2 blocks, and 1.1 triples. So there is some upside here. Uh, not the best three-point shooter in the world, but he's basically a, a taller point guard. Like he has that stat set too. So I think man's going to have a big year. He's already rostered in about 33% of leagues, but it shot up after last night, but there's still some, he, sh- he should be on the waiver wire in some of those shallow leagues. I'd go grab him if you can.
3: Yeah. Clippers play three times this week, but I wouldn't let that stop you, man. 39 minutes. I don't care who it is. If someone's getting 39 minutes, they should be rostered in fantasy yeah. league. So also side note, the Phoenix suns only played twice in the upcoming week. So keep that in mind. Uh, when you're making moves
1: the only other name I wanted to just mention is Denny Avdia who I whose stat line jumped out to me he only had 21 minutes but mm-hmm. I think he had eight points, seven boards two steals two blocks obviously a really early draft pick last year who really made no noise in his rookie year but I don't know yeah. I, I'm at least a little bit intrigued I, I did not run to pick him up anywhere I feel like he would fall more under the watch list category especially given the 21 minutes but a guy that I'm watching his next game for sure
2: yeah, they've talked about him being like the engine of the second unit too. Like they want him to have the ball. Like Davis Breton's played like 13 minutes, so right. they're kind of they're kind of done with him. Uh, Abisha didn't really have the best stat set as a rookie. Yep. But then again, he's still young. We haven't really fully explored it yet. He's coming off a really bad injury as well. But yeah, there is upside here. Now the Wizards will probably be better than they were last year. So I don't think a tank is gonna like catapult his minutes down the road. But I I do think he'll be more involved, and there is some fun upside upside there if you don't mind.
3: Yeah, I had him on a few teams last season and, uh, you know, he's young and never really came together. But he's the ultimate watch list guy at this point to keep an eye on him, see what's happening. Yeah. And and like you said, Washington's better. They beat the Raptors on opening night. So maybe they're going to be good. Maybe Denny's going to be a big part of that.
1: All right. That will do it for us. Don't forget to subscribe on Apple Podcasts, on Spotify, wherever you listen. Take a second to rate and review us as well. A reminder to check out Jonas's waiver-wired column on NBC Sports Edge. There are more names that we haven't mentioned. There are more details on the names we have mentioned, so lots of good info there. Check it out. We are back Monday through Friday of next week and every week during the season. Thanks to all of you for listening and for watching. Steve Jonas, thanks, guys. I'll talk to you next week. Thank you. Thanks.